Welcome to the Transformational Truth Podcast, the podcast designed to help leaders start well, stay well, and finish well. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Transformational Truths, the podcast designed to help leaders start well, stay well, and finish well. Today's topic is attachment styles and relationships. Oh, it's going to be a hot one today. Listen, after an 11-month hiatus, we are officially back, and it has been an exciting 11 months. We've taken some time to kind of visioneer transformational truths, and the next 24 months are going to be phenomenal. In the last 11 months, around the whole house, I'll just give you a quick update. A lot has been going on. We celebrated everyone's birthday, except for mine. That's <clears throat> coming up in a few weeks. Uh, we've got all different ages in the house. We have literally navigated potty training and driver's training simultaneously. That's been fun. Tina and I celebrated our 23rd wedding anniversary. So thankful for her. Bought a house this spring. And oh my goodness, we are getting ready to launch the Leadership Institute for Core Development. I cannot begin to tell you how excited I am about this. We've taken the last three years to develop and curate this program. It is entirely focused on equipping leaders to be healthy spiritually, emotionally, and relationally. Now, incidentally, those are the top three predictors of longevity. Yeah, in life, leadership, relationships, careers, listen, your spiritual health, your emotional health, your relational health, top three predictors of longevity. If you want to be a part of the first cohort to launch in January of 2024, go to the show notes and shoot me an email. I would love for you to be a part of cohort number one. Let's see what else. I officially started work on a brand new book project with my dear friend, Pastor Ben Daly. It is set to release in January 2024. More details about that in the next episode. I've got one year of my doctoral work under my belt. Uh, and this was cool. I gave my first TEDx talk on healing from unresolved pain. Yeah. If you want to check that out, go over to YouTube, type in Travis Hall TED Talk. You'll find it over there. All right. In the spirit of my vision for this podcast... I wanted to kick off a really practical series focused on understanding attachment styles and how they impact our ability to build healthy relationships and really ultimately how it impacts the way we lead. Now, if you've never been exposed to attachment theory, you are in for an absolute treat because this series is designed not only to help you know yourself better, but you're going to be able to know and better lead the people around you better. I promise this series is going to boost your emotional and relational intelligence. Now, I want to start, I thought it'd be most helpful to just start by offering you a quick overview of attachment styles, and then we'll take a deep dive into just one today. We'll tackle the rest in upcoming episodes. Essentially, there's four kinds of attachment styles, and it's important to understand that attachment styles are not necessarily fixed. They can exist on a spectrum, all right? So it's possible to exhibit different attachment styles in different situations or in different relationships. That's sort of based on varying factors like, like trauma or unhealed wounds from your past and how you connect with people. Attachment style theory was founded in the 1950s by a British psychologist named John Bowlby, and it's basically believed that our attachment styles are actually developed very early in life. And they're determined by how our primary caregiver interacted with us as small children. But, now this is interesting, more recent research has shown that uh, traumatic experiences later in life, like abandonment or rejection or just some form of trauma, can also influence our attachment styles as adults. Now, it's been proven that attachment styles have a significant impact on an individual's development and their relationships throughout their lifetime. So that makes this a very high-stakes conversation and a very valuable conversation in the context of leadership. 
So here's a quick rundown of all four. All right. Number one, you've got secure attachment. This is a person who's comfortable either building relationships or having independence. Either way, building relationships, having independence, they're good. Number two is what's called anxious preoccupied. This usually shows up in an independence or a dependence rather on relationships and other people. And number three is what's called dismissive avoidant. Now, dismissive avoidant attachment is characterized by a preference for independence and self-reliance over relationships. So it's sort of this perspective of, I don't need people. Uh, and number four is what's known as fearful avoidant. And that's what we're going to spend our time talking about today. A fearful avoidant attachment style, or someone who holds a fearful avoidant attachment style, will often desire close relationships, but they are simultaneously afraid of being hurt or rejected. So this leads them to oftentimes avoid emotional intimacy, and they will avoid commitment in relationships. This is one of the attributes of fearful avoidant. Now, this attachment style genuinely wants close relationships, but is very insecure and very fearful about relationships. So this creates this constant conflict, inner conflict, inner turmoil. This style will often be more preoccupied with relationships than the other three styles. Here's why. Because they long for a sense of belonging. And they often carry this very high need of approval from other people. So here's some common characteristics of fearful avoidant attachment. All right. Uh, number one, they have a extreme difficulty trusting other people. Number two, they will often fear abandonment or rejection. All right. And this will come up in the course of relationships, fearful reactions or fearful episodes. Number three, they have difficulty expressing emotions or opening up emotionally. And number four, they have a tendency to push others away or even sabotage relationships when those relationships become a little too intimate, when people get a little bit too close. And number five, they have this tendency to withdraw or isolate oneself emotionally. And number six, they will see themselves as deeply inadequate. They will have a horrible time seeing themselves as capable when they're given an assignment or an opportunity. They'll want the opportunity, but they'll see themselves as incapable of achieving anything or achieving goals or anything impactful with the opportunity. Number seven, oftentimes will lack self-awareness, right? In social settings, in meetings, in certain environments, they're not aware of what they're saying and how it's impacting the environment. Number eight, self-critical. They struggle with emotional anxiety and sometimes they'll slip in and out of depression. All right, now listen, if you're in a relationship with someone with fearful attachment style, you probably feel like they're really hard to figure out because they lean in and then they lean back out. They might complain because they want relationships, like genuinely deeply want relationships, but then they sort of push them away or they shut down. And oftentimes they're going to carry themselves with a sort of melancholy, this chronic melancholy demeanor. And they might not even realize they're doing it, but you kind of sense it. And this is just a defense mechanism. It's a subconscious defense mechanism designed to keep people from leaning into them because they're afraid of intimacy. Now, under stress, fearful avoidant has a hard time making decisions. This is where it kind of shows up both in marriage and even in leadership. They're going to have a hard time making decisions. A, a decision will need to be made, but under stress, instead of uh, leaning into it, they'll often lean away from it. And it's, it's called approach avoidance behavior. It's wanting to move towards something and move away from it at the same time. If that feels stressful for you, imagine how it feels for the person who has this specific attachment style. Now, to the people around someone with this attachment style, it feels like inconsistency. And so they'll start pulling away because it just doesn't feel relationally safe. So let me give you some, some four examples examples, right? Like in, in marriage, we'll start there and then we'll talk about leadership. So what does a fearful avoidant look like in marriage? It'll look like this. If you have fearful avoidant attachment style, you'll want to get close to your spouse, but as soon as they do, 
you back away. And this probably creates a lot of conflict. You'll shut down with your spouse and you won't be emotionally available to them. They'll probably complain a lot. Like, how come I can't connect with you? How come we can't have any really deep, meaningful conversations? How come every time uh, we, we try to have an intimate conversation or, or even a little conflict arises, you just shut down emotionally? Here's another one. You probably get frustrated with yourself because you want intimacy with your spouse, but you don't know how to maintain it. And you don't know how to break the cycle of back and forth. And this is really, really frustrating for you if, if you have fearful avoidant. You probably isolate yourself. And you never have anything deeper than surface level conversations with your spouse. And sometimes you probably find things to argue about. Oh, this is a big one. You'll probably find things to nitpick about or argue about because this is your means of self-protection. You're trying to push them away before they can push you away. Yeah, that's why you say, like, why do we argue about stupid things? Why, you know, why does it feel like, you know, the minute we, you know, we're getting close, you, you find something to argue about. It's a, it's a defense mechanism. They're trying to push you away or you're trying to push them away before it can happen in reverse order. And fundamentally in marriage, if you have fearful avoidance, your spouse does, uh, fundamentally you feel unlovable. I mean, that's the fundamental issue that needs to be healed. You, you, at the end of the day, you just, you don't feel like you're lovable. You don't think you're worthy of love. And so you're constantly afraid of that truth being real and you reject the people around you before they can do the same. So that's marriage. But what does this look like in leadership? Well, in leadership, one of the primary ways this shows up in leadership or on a leadership team is a lack of self-awareness. And this lack of self-awareness may over time push people away and it will drain the confidence of the other people on the team. And if you're leading, it will drain people's confidence in your leadership. Another thing that shows up in leadership is a lack of trust, right? So if you have fearful avoidance, then it probably, you probably lack trust for others, and then you'll start to micromanage. Let me say that again. Micromanagement could be a sign of a fearful avoidant attachment style because you have a hard time delegating for fear that it, you won't be happy with the results. You, you just don't trust that others can get it done, and you don't want to take the risk. Here's another example. You'll become too attached or you will become over-reliant on the people you work with. You want them to give you a sense of value. And so roles start to get confused on the team. And this causes a lot of heartache. Unrealistic expectations start to show up. You become over-reliant because you really, really deeply want it. But at the same time, you're afraid to get rejected or get hurt. So there's constant conflict and start to, it starts to cause a lot of heartache. And relationships that could be really good and meaningful and impactful and healthy, they start to be sort of tainted by this fear, essentially, of rejection. In the context of leadership, an inability to express your emotion will really make it difficult to build rapport with other people on the team. Because this unwillingness to be vulnerable makes it really hard to create psychological safety. Okay? People need to sort of subconsciously, they start to feel safe when they're around other leaders and they're following a leader who is willing to be vulnerable. It creates a sense of safety in the people around you. Now, listen to me very carefully. If you're listening to this and you're like, oh my goodness, I struggle with this as a leader, or I struggle with this in my marriage, or I see this in the people around me, listen to me carefully. It is vital to understand that fearful avoidant attachment style is not a fixed trait. Listen to me. It 100% absolutely can be changed. As you heal, you can make the journey across over to secure attachment. And that is the objective. That is the goal. Individuals with this attachment style can learn to develop more secure attachment patterns. You can form more healthy and fulfilling life-giving relationships. Remember, you are not what has been done to you. 
You are what Christ has accomplished for you on the cross. You might hold an attachment style, but your attachment style does not hold you. This is really a journey of healing. It's really a way of identifying some old wounds in your heart and in your life that maybe you've carried for years and you don't realize are there. So listen to me. You are not your attachment style. Okay. You are who Christ says you are in the kingdom of God as a Christian leader, right? You're a son or daughter in the kingdom of God. The Bible says that you're a saint. The Bible says that God calls you his beloved, right? God is for you. And God wants to heal the wounds in your heart and help you move from this fearful avoidant all the way over to secure attachment. So how do we heal? How do we heal? I'm going to give you some practical thoughts, all right? Number one, I want to challenge you to take some relational risks. Until you let people in who can contradict the false narrative that you've adopted about yourself, you're going to be stuck with a perspective of you that's untrue and unhealthy. If you have fearful avoidant, then you have adopted a narrative about yourself that's simply untrue and it's unhealthy. And this lack of self-awareness is almost always connected to a lack of relationship with people who can speak life to your wounds and help us grow an awareness to our blind spots. But that's going to require you to take some relational risks, and that's scary. When you have fearful avoidant attachment, these relational risks will feel scary. So it initially is going to be a step of faith. It's going to be you saying, nope, I'm tired of this. I might have a fearful avoidant attachment style, but it will not have me. I'm going to take some relational risks. I'm going to let some people love me. And when I say love me, that means I'm going to let them love me 360 degrees, right? I'm going to let them identify my blind spots. I'm going to let them speak to those. I'm going to let them contradict the narratives that I've adopted about myself that aren't true right? That works two ways. One way is if you have fearful avoiding, you're probably constantly beating yourself up and you're attacking your own sense of worth. You need to let somebody contradict that and speak to your worth in Christ. But what we also often do when you have a fearful avoidant attachment style, we can unintentionally practice self-deception and tell ourselves, you know, we're really good at something that maybe we're not really great at, but we put our value in that. And we need somebody to point that out to us so that we can move over the hurdles that keep us from moving forward and making the kind of impact that God designed us to make. So take a relational risk. Start with somebody. Number two, listen to me carefully. This is leadership specific. Practice delegation. Ooh, if you've got fearfully avoidant, this will feel very unnatural. Because you're so afraid that you're not lovable, that you don't want to take your hands off of everything because you're trying to earn value through the things that you do, oftentimes. It might not even be conscious, it's subconscious. And delegating is scary to you because you're afraid someone's going to drop the ball. Or you're afraid if they do drop the ball, then that's going to mean that uh, you're a failure and you don't want to be seen as a failure. So you don't want to practice delegating because deep down inside, you're afraid that the people that are leading you are going to think that uh, you're not a good leader. Listen to me. Leaders delegate understanding that when you delegate, mistakes are going to be made, but failure is never final. Failure is an opportunity to learn and to grow. Okay. Failure is not identity. It's an event. Listen to me. Failure is inevitable. When you fail, you learn. Failure is just a process of learning. And if you've got fearful avoidant, failing is the worst possible thing that could happen to you. But you've got to take a step of faith and practice delegating. Now, over time, here's what's going to happen. It's going to start to eliminate the mystery around the fears of delegation. And even when it doesn't go as good as you hoped it would, you will realize that it didn't go as bad as you thought it would. And you will discover that the benefit of delegation far outweighs the risk. You cannot develop yourself or leaders until you learn how to practice delegation. All right. Number three, those first two are really practical. This is really practical as well, but those first two are decisions that we have to make as leaders. Number three, invest in a therapist. And listen to me carefully, invest in a therapist. The most high impact leaders I know all have a counselor or a therapist. All of them do. All of them do. They see them regularly. 
The heart is a very tricky place, okay? And a counselor or a therapist can serve as a guide to help us navigate the wounds on our heart. They can help us find our way back to a healthier and more securely attached version of us. All right, number four, renew your mind. This is vital. If you do the first three, but you ignore number four, then you are going to just keep yourself in this cycle. You're just going to kind of keep going over and over in this cycle and returning back to this fearful, avoidant place. You need to renew your mind. You need to discover that your true identity is in Jesus. Your identity is not in your past. Your identity is not in your pain. Your identity is not in your success. And your identity is not in your failure. Your identity comes from Christ. In fact, listen to me. You are not what has happened to you. You are what Christ has done for you on the cross. He made you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are accepted in the beloved. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Keep renewing your mind with the truth of your new, healed, and whole identity in Christ. I'm going to give you one last one. Number five, check your self-talk. How are you talking to yourself? Be kind to yourself. Please be kind to yourself. You may not be where you want to be. That's okay. That's okay. But begin to speak life over yourself. At the very least, stop beating yourself up with your own words. Okay, stop it. Stop standing in front of the mirror. Stop telling yourself about, you know, how bad you are. How you're, you know, I'm not good at this. I'm not good at that. Check that self-talk. Start declaring over your own life what the Word of God says is true about you, what God says is true about you. Listen, healing from pain and maturing in our identity in Christ is a journey. It's not a race. So please, be kind to yourself. Well, I should be further by now. Listen to me. It's one step at a time. We heal in a process. We heal our heart in a journey over time. Be patient with yourself. Be kind to yourself. Um, there's a quote. I can't remember who said it. Uh, I've got a spiritual director who shared this quote with me. I'm going to try my best right now to, to share it with you. When you gaze into the frame of your soul, be kind. Okay? Be as kind to yourself as you are to others. Please. Listen. Remember something, you can't go forward and win in life until you're first willing to go backwards and heal from old pain. If Transformational Truths is helpful to you, please do me a favor, take a moment, go over to Apple iTunes, rate the show, write us a quick review. I want to help you start well, stay well, and finish well. Until next time. <laughs>